Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I know it's Lent. I know we're supposed to be sad and gloomy. They put this, this black thing on me today. But I can't. Sorry. Because of this word of God, which was given to us earlier in 2 Corinthians 6, that tells us to, if you heard, rejoice. Isn't that illegal during Lent? I mean, Dean Burson, was there some kind of mistake? You picked the wrong text for today? As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing? As having nothing, yet possessing everything? So sorry if I'm a little happy today. I know I don't look like it, but I am. All right. Last evening, my wife, uh, after she got back from work, told me that on the way home she saw a sign at a Catholic church that said, drive through imposition of ashes. That's right, drive through Ash Wednesday. Now in Wisconsin, Texas, you can drive through and buy alcohol. In Las Vegas, you can drive through and get married. But right here in St. Louis, you can drive through and get forgiven. It's a pretty good one, right? Save yourself the long line down the aisle before the service. Save yourself staying there in gloom and reflectiveness, listening to the sorrowful music. No. Sit in your car, listen to the radio, have the seat on, check your phone, pull into your slot, boom, boom, you're done, head out, you're good to go. What has Christianity in America come to, right? But then I thought about it a little bit more. Because these people are in their cars, which means they're going somewhere. Maybe they're going to school. Maybe they're going to work. Maybe they're going to pick up some groceries. Maybe they're meeting their friends for coffee. And when they get to those places, smeared across their foreheads will be a cross. They have been marked as one who has been made the righteousness of God on that cross. And every person at those schools and workplaces and grocery stores and coffee shops will see that mark on their foreheads. And many of those people will no doubt look twice. In fact, probably already this morning it has happened that someone who was sitting in their car checking their phone, got the assage and got to work, has said someone say to them, oh, by the way, you got something on your forehead. And what will their response be? No, that's supposed to be there. It's a cross. It's there because I belong to my Savior. And what conversation will happen from there? That's the nature of the cross, isn't it? It is public. It draws attention. And not all of that attention is positive, is it? The Apostle Paul in our text describes what life is like being marked by a cross. Not smudged on his forehead, but carried in his lips and in his life. He was marked as one who had been made the righteousness of God. And what did he get when people noticed the cross of Christ in him? Well, he tells us in verse 5, afflictions, hardships, calamities, it's a great word, 
beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, all because of the cross. This is a phenomenal text. For those of you who have your Greek, go back later today and read through 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 10 in Greek. It's a marvel of poetry and imagery, of rhythm and balance, of chiasm, and a great structure of prepositions. I don't have time to get into it here. We have a faculty meeting at 1045. But the point of this text is that those who have been marked by the cross will suffer. And then what? I have to admit that there was a time in my life that I thought that sufferings like what Paul is describing here, the beatings and the imprisonments and the sleepless nights and the hungers, they really weren't part of the Christian experience today. Centuries ago that might have happened, you know, third century, fourth century, all that stuff. But not here. None of us can think that any longer. We've seen the beheadings on the beaches in Libya. We've heard of the bombings in the churches in Nigeria. We've seen the Supreme Court cases and the politicians and the editorials. Dishonor and slander, as Paul describes them in verse 9, are simply part of our experience today as children of God. And perhaps even worse, sometimes we even dishonor and slander one another within the body of Christ. We don't even need the unbaptized to do it to us. We do it to ourselves. Perhaps beheadings and bombings are not as distant and far away as we might think or hope. And all because of a cross marking us as a child of God. Yet Paul does not dwell on those sufferings. He doesn't stop and revel in the persecutions that he is receiving. Nor does he, he give up. He certainly does not lash out in anger at those who are persecuting him. What does he do to those who take away his rights? What does he do to those who have taken away what has been endowed by his creator, this life and liberty in pursuit of happiness, just like we have? All this was taken away again and again and again. Yet Paul does not send out press releases or march in protest. Rather, his response is purity, he says. Knowledge, patience, kindness, love, truthful speech. That's not typically the response we would prefer to give to those who cause suffering to us. Yet that is the response of Paul, and it is the response of we who are in Christ. Not because Paul was some kind of super Christian or had an extra dose of the Spirit, but solely because he belonged to Christ. Solely, as he says, by gift of the Spirit. He was given purity when he would rather lash out with filthy speech and cursing. He was given knowledge in place of his ignorance, patience in place of his anger. He was given kindness to share and love to give rather than hatred. Truthful speech came to his lips 
because the spirit of truth was given to him. You see, it was not Paul at all, but the spirits of the living God who dwelt in Paul, who responded in love. And it is the same for us. You see, there is a battle. There's no question that there is a battle, but that battle is not out there as the world contends against us. Rather, that battle is inside of us. But it is not us who is being tested. It is the gospel. It is the gospel that is being tested. In Paul, in you and me, it is the gospel. It is Christ in each one of us that is being tested. That gospel has already made us new creation in Christ by the forgiveness of sins won for us on that cross. The gospel has already reconciled us to God. That cross is already on your forehead and on your heart, and you have been marked as one redeemed by Christ crucified. The gospel itself, the good news of Christ and his work for the world is what is being fought against. And that good news has come to you, which means that you are the place where this battle happens. Each day, each moment, as the world seeks to snuff out the gospel. These 40 days of Lent that we begin today are modeled after the 40 days that Jesus was tested in the wilderness, the 40 years that Israel wandered and were tested. But during these 40 days, it is not us who is being tested. You can put away your resolution to give up chocolate or beer or Facebook or whatever you think is going to help you be more able to fight off the devil. Because you are not being tested. Christ has already been tested for you. And he has passed the test. He himself has already been dishonored. He was slandered. He was treated as an imposter. He was rejected. He was punished. He was killed. And behold, he lives. His life has become your life. In him, you have become the righteousness of God. For today and for these 40 days, and indeed until that last day when he comes again, all Jesus Christ, all, all for you. And so we go out from here today with a cross on our foreheads, visible for all to see. But tomorrow, after it's washed off, it will still be visible to the world. Visible in the patience that we have been given by the Spirit. Visible in the love that we show. Visible in the truth that we speak. Visible for all to see that the gospel of Jesus Christ has indeed won. And so we venture into these 40 days with hope, with confidence, and indeed, if we can, <laughs> with joy. Because we have been marked with the cross and we have, as this word promises to us, all things in Christ Jesus. Go in his hope and in his joy. Amen.